The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I'd like to say over a very powerful, a very moving story that I heard many years ago from Rabbi Goldwasser, Shalita, Hashem should give him strength. He tells over an incredible story. I hope I'll do justice to the story itself. He says over that many years ago, right after the Iron Curtain fell, and communist Russia was no longer the Russia that barred and outlawed religion, many wonderful rabbis from the United States saw an opportunity to go out to Russia and to start educating the Russian Jews, re-bringing re back to them, re what you would say, bringing back to them their roots, starting to teach them about Judaism all over again. Now the opportunity, the door was open. Rabbi Goldwasser was one of those great rabbis that made it out to Russia and started teaching them Shabbat, started teaching them about Judaism, start opening slowly but surely shuls, yeshivot, mikveh, I mean, the basis of Judaism. He tells over an incredible story. He says that uh, it came at the end of Sukkot, Simchat Torah, and thereby Simchat Torah, this was a holiday that the Russian Jews knew very well about and they enjoyed like everybody. And they took out the Sefer Torah and people were dancing and they were getting into it. Rabbi Goldwasser says, you know, as a real American rabbi and doing outreach, he says, he was the one that was walking around the room bringing people back into the circle, getting them to dance, getting them to get into it, singing with them. And he sees in the back of the shul that there was a guy, a big, burly Russian Jewish guy. He had a, a mustache, like a, like a Raleigh Fingers type of a mustache, like a big, burly handlebars type of a mustache. And the guy was sitting there, this guy was huge. He was like a Russian bear. And he was sitting there in the back, and he was leaning on a bottle of vodka, and he just was watching without any expression. And people were dancing and singing. He sat in the back, he didn't move. So Rabbi Goldwasser felt, you know, you know, the American style of outreach, I'm going to run up to him, and I'm going to say, hey, come on in, let's dance. He's going to put his arm around him, and he said, come on, you can do it. As he runs up to this big Russian guy sitting in the back, and he walks up to the guy and says, hey, all the people from the shore run up to him, say, Rabbi, 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 shh, shh, shh. Leave him alone. Just, just let him sit. Let him be. Rabbi Goldwasser said, why? Why? He's a Jew like everybody else. Let him come dance. No, 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 Rabbi, Rabbi, I, we understand, but just, just please, just let him be. You, you don't want to talk to him. You don't want to mess with him. You don't want to say anything. Just let him be. Rabbi Goldwasser says, oh, that's not right. I mean, come on, let's get Rabbi, just listen to us on this one. Just step away from him. Don't talk to him. Don't look at him. Don't bother. Don't feed him. Just let him be. Okay? Rabbi Goldwasser, he walks away. He continues the hakafot. And every hakafa, the people got into it. They were dancing in the Torah. And it was unbelievable. 
Hakafot in Russia. I mean, who would ever imagine that one day in the open you could practice Judaism like that with dancing and singing and rejoicing? And one after Hakafah after the next. Till finally it came down to the last Hakafah. And Rabbi Goldwasser started teaching them the famous song of the last Hakafah of Sushadim, and they're starting to sing it, and they're learning it, and they're getting into it. And Rabbi Goldwasser, his eyes are closed, and he's dancing in front of the Torah that's sitting there on the bima, and he's dancing, and they're clapping. And then suddenly, all the dancing stops. Rabbi Goldwasser opens his eyes and looks around. Nobody there. Where did everybody go? He looks around and he sees that everybody ran to different sides of the shul and they're standing in the corners of the shul. Rabbi Goldwasser says, what's happening? We're in Milva Hakafa. Why did everybody stop dancing? And then he feels behind them. There's this big, ominous, lurking shadow of a mountain of a man and he turns around and he sees this guy, the Russian bear, got up and he's standing behind him holding the bottle of vodka. And the guy looks at Rabbi Goldwasser and he motions to him, move aside, sit down. Rabbi Goldwasser says to himself, listen, the guy's big, but you can't stop Hakafot. I, where am I? We're dancing in front of the Torah. You can't stop the Hakafot because you decide. Rabbi Goldwasser said, I looked this guy straight in the kneecap and I was about to tell him a thing or two. I don't care how big, and Rabbi Goldwasser is a tall guy, I don't care how big this guy is. And he says, I was about to say something and suddenly the people of the shul run up. Rabbi, 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 don't say a word to him. Rabbi says, what do you mean? We're in What? He decides everyone stops dancing? No! We're in front of the Sefer Torah. This is terrible. Rabbi, Rabbi, you don't understand. Just, just, just leave him alone. Please, Rabbi, just walk to the side. Just step to the side. He says, absolutely not. I'm not going to stop dancing Hakafot on Simhat Torah. They said, Rabbi, please, you don't know what you're dealing with. Just step to the side. Okay. Rabbi Goldwasser takes a step to the side and suddenly he could not believe his eyes. This big mountain of a man, this Russian bear, a Jewish guy holding that bottle of vodka, he starts dancing. But such a dancing that the whole room started vibrating with him up and down, back and forth. And the more he started dancing, the more the people started clapping. And they were ushering him on. And he danced and they clapped. And suddenly the people see that he closes his eyes, this guy. He's dancing in front of the Torah. He's swinging the bottle of vodka. And the place is literally going crazy. And this guy is dancing his heart out. Rabbi Goldwasser says, I couldn't believe this. And then, this Russian big bear, he opens his top button of his shirt. And Rabbi Goldwasser says, oh no, he's not going to do what I think he's going to do. 
And the, when he opens that button, the crowd is cheering him on and screaming and yelling. And then he opens the next button. And Rabbi Gold says, oh, Shema Israel, no, Yvay. What a bizarre, don't do it, not in front of the Torah. And he opens the next button. And then suddenly, he does the unthinkable. Dancing in front of the Torah, he pulls off his shirt. And he starts swinging his shirt and he throws it to the crowd. And the place was going crazy. Rabbi Goldwasser says, that's it. He says, I was about to jump in there and tackle his kneecaps. <laughs> this is a bizayon. The guy's standing there, beer-chested as a Russian beer, dancing in front of a Torah. He said, I'm not going to let this happen. And then he did the craziest thing. As this big guy is dancing, bare-chested, he turns around and he starts pointing to his back in front of the Torah. And Rabbi Golas says, what in the world is this guy doing now? And the more he did it, the more the place cheered and screamed. And Rabbi Golas goes around the Torah and he says, I looked at this guy's back. His back was completely mutilated. It was ripped to shreds. There were whip marks and there were hundreds of stitches all over his back. There wasn't two inches of skin that wasn't ripped to shreds. He says his back was such a sight. He said, I couldn't even look. And he was dancing, pointing to his back, showing the Torah his back as he danced. And the crowd went crazy. And one guy walks up quietly, Rabbi Goldwasser, and he says, Rabbi, let me explain it to you. He says, many years ago, this guy, you know, in those days, in those days it was still communist Russia. The KGB was notorious for finding Jews, doing things in the hidden. And they outlawed Brit Milah. And they outlawed anything to do with Judaism. And this guy, this big guy, he had a baby boy. And he decided that no matter what, he's going to have the Brit Milah in his basement. And the night before, he went around to the whole city. And he invited everybody tomorrow morning by sunrise. We're going to pray in my basement. I got a rabbi. I got the mohel. They're going to do a Brit Milah. People said, you're crazy. They're going to kill you. He says, I don't care. I'm not scared. Let them come. I'll fight them. Okay. The next morning, sunrise, the whole city packed down to his basement. They prayed. And after Tefillah, the rabbi, the mohel, they made the Brit Milah. And it was such a happiness that it warmed up the Judaism of the entire town. He says, people got such a push and inspiration to go on being Jewish against all odds. He says, you don't know, Rabbi, what that Brit Milah did for the whole town. And this guy was so happy. L'chaim. He had a Brit Milah on his son. Yeah. He says, when we left his home, the Goyim saw something was going on. The Jews that day in town were way too happy. Way too festive. And because of that, Word got back to the KGB. And the Russian secret police showed up. And little by little, 
they put pieces together and they found out the truth. They found out that this guy made a brick meal on his basement. That night, they came to his house, the KGB. And they pulled him out. And they brought him to the middle of the town. And they brought out all the Jews to watch. And they announced on a microphone, we're going to make an example out of this guy. And he stood there in handcuffs in the middle of the street. And he says, you know what they did to him? They opened up his first button. And then slowly they opened his second button. And we all watched. And then the next button. And then they pulled off his shirt. And they swung it around and they threw it. And then they took out the whips. And they started beating him. And whipping his back. And he was yelling and screaming from pain. And he went right down on his face. And they continued to whip him. And they continued to beat him. Until his back was a complete bloodbath. And he laid there in his own blood. And then they announced that anybody that even tries to help him will get the same. And we all went back to our homes. In the middle of the night, he was able, just with his elbows, to pull himself out of the street and into one of the homes. And someone there was able to help him, and they stitched up his back. And he says, take a look. Ever since then, he wasn't the same. Mentally, he wasn't 100%. But every year, Simhat Torah, every year, on the last Hakafah, he would get up and he would dance in front of Torah and he would take off his shirt like they did to him. And he would dance in front of the Torah and he would point to his back and show, look, look what I did for you, Torah. Look what I did for your mitzvot. Look what I did for your halachot. I'm ready to dance. I, we gave, we gave so much to the Torah. And the Torah and its emet continues to give back to us each and every year. And the blessings that we have is the blessings of the Torah in our life. The blessings we see in our kids are the kids that are in Torah yeshivot. The blessings of the homes and of the families are families that are connected to Torah and that support Torah. This is the cry on the get-go of Torah Bereshit Bara Elohim. Sofetevot Emet. This is the Emet. This is what we give our lives for. This is what we're going to bring up our children to be. This is the path and the guarantee. We should be Zocheh. To build homes of Torah. To have a life this year. That's connected to Torah. So that we may continue to live a life of Emet. Thank you for listening. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.